perfect. And welcome back to a very special edition of the Event Hubs podcast. I am joined today not by the traditional catalyst, but instead by, and you'll recognize his voice the minute you hear it, Mark Born Free Sheridan. How are you today? I'm all right. How are you? Not too bad. You know, just getting to finally do this. I've, I've Since we started doing the Event Hubs podcast, I began thinking, okay, well, I want to have guests on. I want to do interviews and such. You were one of the first people that came up in my mind, probably because we had a little thing going for a while, uh, the Nameless Fighting Game Show, <laughs> as we came to call yeah. it. And, you know, that's uh, people, you know, when you go to majors and such, uh, I don't know what your experiences are about this, but I've had a handful of people come up and say, hey, when's the next episode of the Nameless Fighting Game Show? When are you guys going to bring that back? I really liked it. And I didn't realize people cared about it that much. Um, but have have you had similar experiences, as or has no one cared at all on your end? No, I definitely. I've got like a hardcore. I mean, there's like a hardcore, hardcore, maybe just core of group of people who, you know, <laughs> kind of really, really loved that podcast and want to see it happen. So, well, we should do it because we got the technology. Now. We can build it. Yes. Yeah. Well, actually, I mean, essentially that's exactly what's going on right now. Cause it's just the two of us talking about fighting games and street fighter and stuff. And, uh, so for those that don't know you, this guy does, well, he came, he rose to FGC prominence, not for playing the games at some ridiculously good level or, or anything like that, but for interviewing well, nah, it wasn't even interviews at first, right? It was your speculation videos and you wondering, like, who's going to be the next character to come out um, as we were getting the characters for the initial run of Street Fighter V. Um, and, and you have, like, a special kind of insight and you have a way of thinking around corners. I know you have a lot of experience uh, in the business world and marketing and advertising. So you came to the FGC with kind of this different perspective and angle, and it was really intriguing for people. Right. So do you want to kind of talk about how you just basically got started there? Yeah. All right. So I was working in advertising. That was my career and uh, did pretty well at it. I mean, I moved to the States. They got me a green card. You know, I was a group account director. I was running really large brands for North America and so on. But um, Street Fighter just kept coming back like as a game. It was just this thing that sort of on my mind and I would pass arcades occasionally and just drop in see if there was a street fight machine to play or whatever but I was never part of an official FGC you know like where I grew up in the UK there was none of that uh, it was just a love for the game and you didn't hang out with the WSO guys and stuff I mean I didn't no I didn't grow up in SoCal uh, you know like or any of that shit, Yoga. which would have been wonderful but no uh, and no, not the WSO guys, no, th not that either. Uh, I came to New York 12 years ago, so I, I have no idea when, when the UK really got its got its uh, stuff together, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, certainly 12 years ago, I was, I was working full-time career. That owned me. There wasn't any time for me to be part of the FGC, even if I'd known about it. Um, but then I came over here, and I was intrigued by... It was the it was actually a test that Capcom did on Xbox 360. I don't know if you remember this, but they had Street Fighter 2 Turbo Hyper Fighting, which is like the third installment of Street Fighter 2, and they had it online, and it was it was pretty garbage. But at the same time, I I was like, oh my god, I can play all these different people. Wow, this is amazing because because you know fighting games were dying. Uh, if you weren't in like somewhere like SoCal where you could go to like your locals, fighting games were dying because you because there were no arcades and um, there was no opportunity to sort of play other people. And if you couldn't play other people, 
you know, fighting games have their limits, basically. Arcade mode is only fun for so long. Yeah, for, for most people, arcade mode is only fun for so long. Because you also kind of want to take... Usually usually the way you use arcade mode is to get comfortable with characters and all sorts of things. You know, do beat high scores. But then you take those skills and you can actually use them against other people, with, you know. Um, right. But we can have a whole conversation about arcade mode, story mode, and all, all that <laughs> stuff. That can, I can have a whole other podcast on that. But anyway, I was like, whoa, you can play this online? And I got on the Xbox forums, and then I started to find out about SRK, and then I started to find out about uh, Evo, and I was fascinated by all of it. I just didn't have the time to... I knew that I was never... I felt like I'm sort of at an age where, like, whatever I contribute, it's not going to be, like... I'm not going to be the guy who's going to be winning Evo, but I want to go check it out anyway. So then I ended up going to Evo. Uh, Funnily enough, one of the first people I met was... was Gutex, um, mm-hmm. and then I just started making content, and some of the content was just based around things like collectibles because I had that's what I had. I had dis- disposable income, not a lot of time, and so I could play a bit of Street Fighter. Street Fighter Four came out, which was amazing, and everything you know things kicked off because that was the era of the beginning of the online era, I guess, for fighting games. And then I, uh, you know. I just I started making collectibles videos because I had money and I could buy stuff and and then I started making other videos and just making I make a lot of different types of content but most people remember me for the interviews. Well, the first one I remember I think that I grabbed and, and posted on Event Hubs and you actually reached out afterwards to say kind of a thank you and that's where our first you know friendship rapport kind of thing struck up was uh, you talking about like maybe it was Rashid. And it was like close to 9-11 and it was like they're going to release this. I think they're going to release this uh, like a Saudi Arabian or Middle Eastern character. And um, you, you posted that and it got plenty of attention. But then it actually came to fruition. And it's one thing to speculate. It's a whole other thing when you speculate and then you're right. Because then you get to go, hey, I all of a sudden have some street cred. And, uh, and then people are more willing to come back and, and see what you have to say in the future. Yeah, well, that was fun because, you know, the... So I was predicting characters, and those videos just got a lot of attention. People started repeating some of the things I would say, because one of the things I would say is, watch the merchandise, right? Because mm-hmm. every, everything... Evil Sakura and stuff, I remember I remember looking specifically at these little pop... Well, they look like pop toys or whatever those are called. And uh, and yeah, you turned, you turned everybody's mind on to watch the merchandise, so... Well, I mean, basically, I'd work... In advertising, I'd worked on holistic campaigns, which if... That just means, I mean, you understand, everyone understands the concept of holistic, right? Just doing, doing, uh, uh, achieving something by paying attention to, you know, a lot of different what, things, basically, is, is, my, mm-hmm. is my poor way of describing it. But I think people <laughs> understand the holistic approach, right? There's, it's not one single thing. And when you're advert, when you're working advertising, you tend to go, all right. So let's have TV, let's have radio, let's have uh, online stuff, let's have influencers, let's have what, whatever, right? Um, millions of different ways of attacking, I say attacking, but reaching the consumer. And so when you think about games, I tend to think, well, what else have they got going on, you know? And what decisions would they make in line with what's coming up? So, so for instance, if somebody says, hey, we really want to uh, release an exclusive Kid Robot figure this year, and we wanna, or we want to release an exclusive Kota Bakaya Bishaojo figure this year, which character do you think we should do? Or maybe here are three different characters, pick one. 
and no, notice how that one year they picked Sakura, right? So they picked Sakura. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it was like Dark Sakura, but whatever. It was Sakura. And they also picked Sakura for the Kotobukiya. Now, that year, they didn't release Sakura, but like a year later, they did. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of how, you know, the other thing is that these games are planned years in advance. So in the design document, you know, the DLC is already in there. I mean, we know this, right, about DLC. Right. Like they're already they're already making it. It makes sense to get a group of people together and go, okay, make a game. Okay, make we're going to pay you this amount of money for this amount of time to make the game. I don't want to pay you again, so make all the DLC now. So generally speaking, most of it is made together or planned, certainly planned at the beginning and kind of made, you know, uh, in bulk, as it were. Um, and so, you know, when they when they're making decisions about other things, other random little things like Udon or the comics, yep. yeah, remember you bringing that up and all the the Charlie Nash stuff that was in the comics. It's like, why bring this character up now? Well, maybe it's because we're trying to get people's attention on him, make people like want to play him, want to be involved, want to purchase the merchandise. All of that, you know, all works together to. Uh, Essentially, to make as much money as possible. They did that recently. They did uh, Sagat. Uh, I can never say it right. Sagat, Sagat's Origins, uh, or something. Well, like what, that. Do, what do you like to try to say? How how do you normally say it? See, I say Sagat, but see, I said Sagat all through my childhood, and it wasn't even like it was before I even knew the other word that Sagat rhymes with that people would obviously yeah. make fun of it with. Uh, and but it's only been in the last couple of years, like towards the end of Street Fighter Four, that I started saying Sagat, just because it's so much, you know. And I always called him Ryu growing up because that's how I that's how I read it and understood it. Uh, but so I would not blame you if you called it if you called him Sagat. But I also will definitely laugh at you. No, I know everyone does in the chat and stuff. I start I started <laughs> streaming and and that's I I get laughed at for for Sagat and uh, and I get and then when I try to say. Uh, I try to say Sagot, and then they're like they laugh at that, and then I say Sigart, which maybe works. I don't know, but I, I always find <laughs> it up. I don't really care. But the the other one, what's the other one? Ryu. I switched to Ryu. I used to say Ryu all the time, but I switched to Ryu. I switched to Karin instead of Karin. I switched to. Oh, I still call her Karen. Well, I I the funniest one is I was watching Matt Edwards, you know, Capcom rep in England. I was watching him talking about Colleen and calling her Colin, and I remember. Yeah, I re- that's gonna get. <laughs> I remember for the longest time calling her Colin, right? Because that's how you look at it. You just read it. It's like K O L I N. So I was just like Colin, and and you know I don't know if that's an English or American thing or just how you would read that. And uh, he he said this. I was so surprised because he said it on stream. I don't know if he's changed that now or not, but it's the same for all of us. We all end up, you know, like commentators when they talk about kareen they'll call her karen or just karen or it's it's yep. so and then if you if they're the japanese l and r thing then kareen and colleen become karin you know the same thing so it's a uh, I, I don't know it's it's fun times but we we laugh at each other we laugh at ourselves whatever we're all one big fgc family and we have an appreciation for each other and i think there's a special appreciation for you after you've like i said you you did the whole predict characters kind of try to read the tea leaves and figure out what capcom is thinking for this upcoming game uh, and then street fighter 5 came out and you started doing interviews with players and it was in a way that we didn't really have before of course you know you know 
someone wins a tournament, there are times where people are just going to do an interview and quick and, and things like that. Uh, but you were going and you were asking different and new questions and you were even getting it to to the Japanese players, getting a translator, doing all that work to, to ask them things. And it really opened opened a door for the community that, you know, it, these guys are always around. We always see Tokido and Daigo and Bonchan and all these people on stream and such, but it hadn't really occurred to anyone, wow, we never talk to these people. We never really get their thoughts because of, you know, of obviously the language barrier, and it seems like these guys are fairly solemn and quiet most of the time. Um, and, and but you kind of bridged that in a lot of ways, and I think we've actually seen people imitate your style of interview, at least in the, the kind of questions. And I think that's a good thing. The more we can have communication and, and opinions and everything flowing around, the better uh, for the scene and such. But So you made this transition into interviewing. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. Uh, I, did, I started that pretty early. Um, it's actually, so I told this story on stream the other day, but basically I broke up with my girlfriend. And... Um, I went did, good for you man yeah I did two things right I was I was kind of really crushed so I did two things one is I went and got a tattoo uh which is a which it, is it the is it the command for a fireball no but it's close oh. it's close it's really close it's actually the uh heaven kanji uh, kanji from uh the raging demon um akuma's yeah is that across is that all over your entire back no 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 wait I didn't go that far it was just on my arm uh so that was a classic breakup tattoo um but i kind of like that's okay so that was what a few years ago now yeah it was a while ago this are you do you regret the tattoo now that we're emotionally i would assume it's been enough time that we're kind of emotionally removed from the situation and we're thinking clearly was the tattoo a bad decision no i love it i absolutely adore it good that's what i thought too i was hoping for and that's uh, i was like there are definitely mistake tattoos akuma's kanji is not one of them i feel like it uh, and when i look back on it i feel like it was a it was part of me was like i'm going to commit myself to what i enjoy which is street fighter right and Mm. i I read this wonderful quote somewhere on twitter somebody i forget the person who had it in their in their uh title but it basically said anything is everything which i thought was really beautiful because sometimes it is the tiniest tiniest interest or passion that if you grasp onto it can get you out of bed in the morning right and can excite you and can just make you go ahead go out there and do amazing things and then it starts to you know the way passion works is basically then it starts to bleed into everything else you do and it starts to energize you and i think the thing about street fighter why i owe it so much as a franchise is that for some unknown reason i you know i'm not a great player but for some unknown reason it's very special to me right so i've had people write to me and say street fighter saved my life when i was in a dark place da, 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 which is really interesting that people used to write that to me a long time ago when, when i was a collector you know collecting stuff um because there's a lot of people who aren't great players but just have an attachment to potentially the characters potentially the maybe the story maybe just the game maybe just what it means to them meant to them growing up maybe sometimes they played it and it just took their mind off things because that's the nature of the game right it's sort of like super mm-hmm. super in- intense moments but uh but yeah that that tattoo i think in a way was might have been a, a sort of a, a signal of me sort of saying okay i'm just gonna fucking a- do this and so i got the tattoo and then uh the second thing i did was i, I went out 
it was the tw this was the very early days i think it was 2012 maybe but it was the very early days of it was like capcom's 25th anniversary 2012 mm -hmm. yeah that is that right yeah because 2017 yeah. was the 30th so 2012 was capcom's 25th anniversary and that was the beginning of the capcom cup basically they had the 25th anniversary tournament and they had part of it in new york like manhattan i went down there gutex was there who i already knew and Dominion was there, who I'd met because I got I was allowed to just kind of play him at some special event, Mad Cats event or whatever at San Diego Comic Con. So there was these two people there who I kind of knew. I had a camera, I had a recorder, and I just started filming and recording. And to be honest, if I hadn't bro broken up with her, I would probably have been nervous. But, I, but because it was, I was in that mindset of like, this is why I sometimes think pain is a wonderful motivator. Like sometimes i think about being emotionally hurt and i think i just think this is a great motivator for me to go and do stuff right it often motivates people to go to the gym and lose weight and all that sort of stuff right mm -hmm. like it like pain hurts but it's transformative and um for me it was just like i don't care i'm not going to be starstruck by gutex or by dominion i'm just gonna interview them and we're gonna do this let's make it work and um and it did and that stuff did appear on event hubs in, back in 2012. Um, and maybe SRK as well. I can't remember. But uh, mm -hmm. that was... So I was doing interviews kind of on and off. But I was producing a lot of different content and and it, and a lot of collectible stuff. Because I had a real sort of community with the collectibles guys. And it wasn't until I started doing the prediction videos and then more interviews that I started to feel more of a, a sense of community with the FGC guys. But yeah, the interviews at some stage the interviews started getting longer and more in depth and more thought well how long were they initially versus like what does it mean for them to get longer well that's the thing i mean i'm talking about literal time like uh, i i thought going back I, i've gone back to those interviews right there's like a hundred plus video videos on my channel of mm -hmm. pro players and personalities interviews so you know it's a lot i went back to those interviews and they were like 10 minutes and I split them in two because I was like, ooh, anything over 10 minutes is a, is a nightmare. So, were, I mean, they were more like 15, 20 minutes. So I split them in two. Sure. So part one, part two. Super short. I can't even remember what the questions are. But Dominion's, I do actually remember Dominion's headline was something about if you can't do a combo 30 times in a row, you can't do the combo, basically. Which was like, hmm. to me, that was the start of insight into top players because... The other reason I was doing interviews is because um, before you were on Event Hubs, my friend, uh, mm -hmm. with your quality control, um, there <laughs> there was uh, there was another guy who was doing video interviews, but they weren't they were everything I hated, right? So they were, and I can't remember his name, and I, I don't want to call him out or anything like that. But like for me personally, they weren't my bag. So it was basically like a two minute video and it was more about like yo look at me i'm best friends with yipes or whatever right and like sure. that was the takeaway and i was like what the fuck is this boom this is not an interview this is i've got so much i want to ask these people and that's another thing which made me think very carefully so when i got the opportunity to ask dominion like dominion's great really thoughtful great in interviews great interviewee um and very open he, like he'll tell you what it takes to be great you know mm -hmm. and i don't think that dominion as far as i can tell based on the interviews i've done with him is a natural talent i think he is a hard worker 
Right. So he grinds away until he gets to the point where he's at, where maybe for other people, like anyone else, it it might just be that they're really good at soaking up the information and then putting it out there and and translating it to in their play. Uh, But you're saying that Dominion doesn't necessarily have that, but he he just has the the grind and, and he'll be on the treadmill longer than everybody else so that he can match those other people that might have it easier to begin with i believe so uh i mean the main thing is all these players are different right Mm -hmm. and but but what's at the what's at the heart of my interviews is why are you so good right you know i I tend to find a hundred ways to ask the same thing but like the beautiful thing about that question is that actually everyone's really different that's the heartbreaking thing i've come to that's the heartbreaking conclusion i've come to is that there is no one single road you have to find what works for you. So, so you know? that's heartbreaking in the sense that, well, I can't just you, someone can't just go, oh, it's right there. Just give me directions and I can go pursue it. It's like, I mean, there are technically infinite different roads to that kind of success that you're that you're striving to get to, and it's overwhelming that you may or may not be on one of those roads, and and you know you have your own road that you have to personally find, so you can't necessarily take the same one somebody else had, but maybe you can take a little information that they give you and apply it to yours, and is is that what you mean by heartbreaking? Because I could equally see that as like, oh man, if I can't go down the same road Dominion went down, but I can go down a different road, then that's really good, and that's encouraging. But maybe it's overwhelming in that, like, well, yeah, but you gotta find that road, and it's, it's, it's different for everybody. Yeah... I would say sort of the former. It's it's it, mm. so you're a good person to talk to about this, to be honest, because you know I also you know at some point want to talk to you about, and we'll do that uh, maybe in a few days on my stream or something. We'll talk about girls. Your we'll talk about girls. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about girls live on stream. That'd be great. Um, no, we'll talk about. I would love to ask you about like how you got into fighting games and that sort of stuff. But I, I find it fascinating and heartbreaking. So what I find fascinating and heartbreaking is I find it fascinating how there are certain players who don't have to grind as hard as others. Like that they, they just it's just interesting. So maybe heartbreaking is the wrong word, maybe interesting is another word, but heart heartbreaking for people maybe who have to work harder, possibly. I don't know. But if you look at someone like so think about the players that i've i think about sonic fox this is the first person that pops up in my mind because it seems like that guy i mean sure i'm sure he puts a lot of time into things but at the same time it feels that when he sits down and he plays a game the little nuances that he must pick up on and then be aware of and then manipulate very quickly he's doing that much more rapidly than most other players are doing that and it doesn't really matter what game he's playing he's figuring it out very quickly what the best road to success is and then he's going down that road hard and and you see that also in Justin Wong before we would talk about Sonic Fox Justin Wong was always winning things at least early on whether it would be Mortal Kombat the new Marvel the new Street Fighter whatever and then sometimes taper off a little ways down the road but it was because he was able to figure the game out so much more quickly than most everybody else that he would be the best outright just at the beginning and then still be great later on but maybe not you know people would catch up but some people just they they that doesn't compute to them and i think a really basic example of that would be the idea of anti-airs you know um someone's jumping in at you 
and it's pretty easy for pretty much everyone that plays the fighting games to see like, oh, there's a big benefit in anti-airing. But if you didn't process that quickly and you didn't you didn't focus on like, oh, if I upgrade my anti-air ability, then that's going to net more wins for me overall, then it's going to take you a lot longer to get better than somebody that does pick up on that. And someone like Sonic Fox is picking up on like the most minute little like, well, if I space this in, in this exact you know way, it manipulates my opponent in this way and I can get away with this or there's this many frames in this or whatever like he sees the game in matrix code in a way that not everybody else does and so um, that's what I think about when when you bring up stuff like this and then some people their brains are just not as quick to pick up on those nuanced things and so it takes us longer to uh, to get there yeah I mean that's essentially it is that that's the heartbreaking bit right so if you're a grinder and uh, you watch someone like Sonic like he does pick up games extraordinarily quickly uh i'm not sure that he is ever going is i don't know if he thinks about it or if he's ever going to be able to explain how he does it i think it's just a part of his makeup uh i know that he's an accomplished one of the links that i i'm always fascinated by is the the link between musicians and um people who play fighting games because it seems it seems like uh when you practice a musical instrument it's all about you know rhythm and timing and all that sort of stuff right and uh and repetition and the way you practice a musical instrument and try to get perfect at it is exactly the same as you would practice combos right um but sonic also apparently can look at a game and this is what i've heard right uh i want to talk to him at some point about it i've interviewed him once but it wasn't specifically about this but i he likes set play characters apparently he can already in his head see he can theorize right um there's a guy in dragon ball fighters who does the same thing uh, who's not very well known he doesn't really compete but he puts out videos that all of the big youtubers tend to copy um because he does all the theory fighting and he he often he'll go on twitter and say like oh uh i already in my head know what broly can do i just should i tell everybody and i and i'm like no don't tell everybody just make the video when you you know when broly's here because he's already already in his head. Who is this YouTuber? Are you is he some secret person you're not allowed to share? Or? No, 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 no. I've just forgotten his name. I, f- I feel like you now. shared it with me one time a while back too. It was some forty year old white dude that with like blonde hair looks like he's off the beach and he's just like this savant at fighting games or something like that. Yeah, I think it was at really NCR. Interest- yeah, he's a really he's a really interesting chat. I just I've just my at the moment my brain isn't working. But maybe you can put a link in the article. I can find him. You can put a link in the article when you when you post sure. this. Because um, he's he definitely deserves a lot of credit. But you know he's seeing the game, and Sonic is seeing the game, and you know other people are seeing the game in ways that we can't we we can't see it right. My little I have a little uh, brother right. My dad's third wife right. Uh, I have a little brother. He's seven years old. Some people may have seen it, but uh, I was interested to see how he would... Because I introduced him to video games, right? I introduced him to actually via Pokemon Go. Mm-hmm. And then he got, he got really into Pokemon. He goes on about it. And he is... He's autistic. He's a high-functioning... or uh, He's high-functioning, right? Okay. So he's really, really smart, right? He's autistic. He's got synesthesia, which basically means that he sees colors when he hears sounds. And, uh, and he's got hyperlexia, which means he's attracted to words and numbers, which means he literally just look at a page and everything will just soak in. Like he can, you know, like speed readers, like he'll just see that stuff and just, it'll, so I was interested to see, let me 
put Street Fighter in front of him and see what he's happens. He's going to immediately see. body you with Alex, and you're, you're going to be hopeless and say, well, everything that I've done is worthless. Congratulations, well, you're going to become the king of the world in like 10 minutes. Go for it. Well, I mean, I'll tell you some of the stuff that blew my mind. So first of all, he picked Blanca, and I knew that was going to happen, right? Because uh, that's like the kid's favorite. But th- then he picked Abigail, and I was explaining to him about light, light buttons are better up close because they're fast and like you know mm-hmm. I'm trying to keep it simple and, and like heavy buttons are better from further away and so he had already figured out that like kneel, kneeling down with uh abigail and using his light jab is like a dope button how old to is use he the neutral seven right so he figured that out he had to use a fight stick because he's t- he's a tiny tiny boy right he's small for his age so he actually couldn't get, wrap his hands around the jewel, huh. the the jewel shop. He, so he used a fight fight stick. The right? Nintendo so sixty four problem, the controller there. I used to play with both hands on either side of the controller instead of one in the middle, uh, so I could reach the D pad. And I, I remember just having to really stretch because I was real young and stuff. So sympathizer. Yeah. So uh, it's been interesting because the community has been feeding back to me like you can get in this Hori kids pad, which they make and everything. It's really interesting. Um, but what blew my mind is he was seeing the game, and so the reason I'm talking about him is because he was seeing the game in ways that we, that I don't, mm-hmm. right? And he's an extreme example, but I'm just giving it as an example. So he immediately was picking up on all the little words because he has hyperlexia. He was picking up all the little crush counter words and everything that's coming from the sides. Uh, he, the thing that blew me away the most was gray damage recuperation or whatever we're calling it nowadays mm-hmm. he picked up on that like how do you mean like 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 chip damage right and you know how it's gray damage and you know how it, re- it, it slowly gradually, comes back yeah it slowly comes back he picked up on that and started talking about that on his own and i was he because he said he started off with oh when you block like i can make a little bit of damage and i was like yeah that's chip damage and he was like but it comes back and I was like, what? <laughs> and he was like, it comes back, but very slowly. And I was like, this kid is taking in stuff that how long, I don't even... How far into the, the session was this? It's like five minutes. Oh, right? Like, right. It, it, it's ridiculous. Like, he just... The point is this, right? It's not to go on about him. The point is that we're all very different, and we all look at these things very differently, and we're all going to be good at certain things and probably bad at other things. Mm-hmm. Some people are really good at execution. Some people are really good at you know figuring out set play some people are uh i don't know have got really good reactions you know um and so it's very interesting hearing the differences because i'll interview someone like fenrich right and fenrich i mean you know this because i think uh you probably posted the article but he basically said he practices for eight to nine hours a day for just combos. combos yeah just combos because that game dragon ball at the end of the day is there's some neutral but once you get a hit or put someone in block stun, you have what I guess what they call a root rather than a combo. But it's like, I'm just going to do all this stuff. So it's going to be like a combo and then a mix up. And then I'm going to learn all this stuff. But I have to learn all this stuff, which and then I'm going to spark sparking blast and kill you. Mm-hmm. Right. And so he learns all those millions of different combo, you know, so that he just muscle memory is working now. Sonic seems like a real busy guy, right? Popular, all that sort of stuff. I imagine that... And he's playing at a symbol... At, well, at a higher level mm-hmm. currently than Fenrich. And so he's doing this stuff kind of... He's doing... He's obviously learning at a much more efficient rate and potentially doing stuff just on the fly. So another person I spoke to was Super Noon, right? Now, Super Noon 
told me i asked him about combos and he told me that he was at wednesday night fights he saw someone do something and he thought mm, i'll try that later and he did it mm-hmm. like he tried he did it in a match like he he just went up went up and did it in a match right i don't even know what it was but he, he just he saw a combo remembered it thought i'll try that later and it worked like that blows my mind like because i have to spend hours doing it. i and, do and that, also i was just gonna say that brings us back to dominion that that that's sort of like where dominion was sort of telling me at the time when i did that interview dominion was kind of telling me what i felt was right you know in my head and that's why it was sort of heartbreaking to meet the people who uh you know you know the just are naturally amazing at it and can just look at it and do it yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i mean it's 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 fine you know life that's how life is we're all good well don't compare yourself to somebody else who somebody else is today compare yourself to who you were yesterday and the beauty the beauty of it uh, the beauty the beauty in it though the beauty in it though is once you make that realization right Mm -hmm. in fighting games or in life that things aren't fair um you will figure out what you do well and you will figure out uh uh how you your path right you will figure out your path and it won't be the same as other people's and and with fighting games is kind of like a miniature you know i do i go so in depth with fighting games with these players it's it's almost like a miniature um re- recreation of like how to approach life yeah, you know like absolutely. there's so so much about what you do in fighting games in terms of problem solving in terms of uh rivalries in terms of uh how you stack up against other people in terms of where is your place well that's why they inspire a community that's why a community can form around this single hub and and there's enough going on and enough different approaches and it's interesting all the relationships and like you say rivalries and friendships and everything that goes into that um that's why it forms a worthwhile group that we're willing to stick in and talk to and and talk about and examine and be part of you know um, I think it's the fuel for that. Yeah, I totally agree, and that's why the that's why the interviews became interesting because the more people I spoke to, the the, the more different responses I was getting, and there was a part of me which was going, <laughs> it was going like this doesn't compute, but it, it really helped me grow as a person and understand how different we all are, and uh, so it's been a really beautiful thing for me to do, and it also allowed me to find my place in the community. You know, like I, I like to say that I stand up for or I represent the guy who just wants to be part of the fighting game community doesn't doesn't necessarily want to be the best the spectator and he it could be the spectator but he could be a player too and he but he enjoys playing but you know he's got a lot of other shit going on you know like he's he's not going to be number one um but you know at the same time he'll get stuck in and he'll lose a hundred zero in casuals and he'll still have a, a good time you know, and he'll walk away from it probably a better player because that's what happens. The more you play and the more you lose, the more you learn, whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, this idea that everybody has to be in it and grinding really hard and being the best is, um, you know, I think that's helpful for a lot of people. And I think it's a good to have that motivation. But you can also be part of the community and have other motivations. You can be part of the community from a social aspect. You can be part of the community from a content creation aspect you can be part of the community from an entertainment aspect you there are so many ways to be part of the community and i think that's what i try to even though i you know i sort of meet people who know me as like the interview guy i think when people see my other content and when they see my stream and stuff like that they realize that 
you know, I'm really all about like everyone being welcome, you know, mm-hmm. like it not being dependent on how good you are or any of that shit. Yoga. Like it used to, it used to be back in the day with the arcades and all that, you know, like you had to kind of make a name for yourself. But nowadays, we're it's a completely different age now, and and there's an opportunity for everybody to be involved. So different people are good at different things uh you're really good at uh, you know kind of approaching it from the business side and and prediction and like i said earlier looking around corners and i'm really good at segues so i wanted to change over into talking about something that i've wanted to bring up on the podcast for a while but we've never really gotten around to it and that is looking at fighting games and the dlc practices that we're doing right now and then looking at the other major titles that are not fighting games, games like Fortnite, games like League of Legends and Heroes of the Storm, and, and, and those games that are that are free to play and that are thriving, and go, what do we as fighting games need to learn from them to be successful? And now that's that's a lot already <laughs> to talk to. So we can focus this down a bit more and just kind of look at um, Street Fighter V, as uh, you know, it's kind of begun to do this, right? We have like the DLC season model that we didn't have before. There are costumes, um, you know, in-game purchases to make, and so we can see a bit of the transition over towards what these other games that are incredibly successful right now financially and, and incredibly popular. Um, but it feels like Street Fighter is also kind of caught in like the old ways as well because we're still paying full price for the for the game when it comes out. We're also paying for the new DLC content, which is kind of more or less mandatory for a lot of players. If you're if you're competitive, you know you have to buy this. So, um, and and also we're well we're seeing like what two million in sales for Street Fighter Five. And again, it's fighting games, it's a different genre, this is not apples to apples, and I'm not trying to make it apples to apples, but I want to know, should we be trying to adopt more practices from over the fence, you know, with with the MOBAs and the first person shooters like Fortnite, or I guess that's third person, Um, what should we be doing as as the fighting game genre, you know, moving forward, maybe with like, you know, the next chapter of of fighting games, Street Fighter 6, Mortal Kombat 11, things like that. is any anywhere you want to start from all of that go for it if anything resonated with you but uh i I just wanted to get your two cents on the matter yeah i mean i could talk about where i think street fighter should go as a game but it's got nothing to do with dlc but with dlc i would say that people um i don't know like there are a lot of different models right and uh the the one currently for street fighter 5 i think is fine if if you play the game i mean you just have to play the game a lot you know for it to make sense you mean for like the economy to to like build up enough money to to buy stuff or no 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 i mean for uh, sorry regardless of how much grinding you do in game i'm talking about like you know usually i buy a season pass right rather than sort of fight money or whatever and uh that season pass i forget how much it is but it's kind of like half the price yeah it's like half the price of a game Mm -hmm. maybe right and it's once a year i suppose something like that and then that does that doesn't include costumes and all that stuff um and i think that if you play street fighter every day it's not a big deal me personally right Mm -hmm. like everybody has their own financial situation right and there are always going to be a group of people who go this is too expensive 
right? Sure. Always, always. Doesn't matter what it is. I can tell you that from collectibles. I I can show you a collectible that's worth twenty five bucks, and I can show you a collectible that's worth five hundred bucks, and still somebody will say this is too expensive, mm-hmm. right? That's just the way it is. But in regards to the model of DLC, I mean that seems to make sense to have characters come out every year, uh, or a new ver. That used to be that Street Fighter just was a new version of the game, right? And they'd add new characters in, you know, and you'd buy a whole new game. But instead of buying a whole new game, you buy characters. The stuff that is, um, what's the word, like costumes and things like that, stuff that doesn't relate to actual gameplay. Right. At the end of the day, it's not like fair game, really. It's just win- win- window dressing. It's it's like you don't need it. If you want it, you can spend money on it. I think really the key for me is do you enjoy the game? Mm-hmm. Is, is the game of high quality? And, is, and therefore, are you playing the game a lot? Are you enjoying the game a lot? And... If you are, then I suspect that whatever DLC is being thrown around, um, it's quite likely that you you'll happily pick it up. I, I highly agree on the sense that before anything, before regardless of the practice, whether or not the game is free or you have to pay for it or the new characters are free or it's just the cosmetic content that doesn't affect actual gameplay, the, the foundation on all of it is that it needs to be fun for people to jump into. Um, and, and I think that, well, fighting games are hard and, and they're a lot more difficult to begin than a lot of other games. And that's something that we've seen in the, uh, in like the modern era, the kind of the current chapter people are, uh, developers are, are acknowledging that right off the bat with easier inputs and, uh, single button commands, things like that, whatever they can do to make people that are just jumping on the sticks, have a fun time and not require them to get their, their ass kicked a hundred thousand times before they see their first, you know, increment of success against someone that knows what they're doing. But it feels like that's kind of the case in MOBAs to an extent as well, or in Fortnite, like, you know, you run into someone that knows how to to cycle through weapons a lot faster and build a fort as soon as they as soon as you start shooting at them so all of a sudden they have a base and and you're like I can't do that I, I have to sit here for 10 minutes trying to figure out how to you know build in a single ramp and then I got to position myself and build another ramp on that so I can try to get up this mountain and in the meantime you know like everything else in the entire game has happened in that course of time I don't feel like they're that much easier to, to play where, where that's the, the issue. But anyways, go back to the, the point I was making originally. It has to be fun, and it has to be fun at least on certain levels fairly quickly. And I wonder if, if like, is that a problem that fighting games just won't be able to have? Because it's, I, I don't think so, but that's something that people kind of bring up. is like fighting games are just too hard, and that's why their, their popularity is, is much smaller than a lot of these other games. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a different subject, but we can... Well, we can... do you think Street Fighter Five is is fun on that level? How about that? Just this one game that we have in front of us, um, do you think that it's worth it as far as Street Fighter Five goes? Uh, buying... You mean buying DLC? Sure, all this stuff. Like, what what it requires for someone to purchase the game, stick with it, and purchase this DLC content. So at this point, if you only bought characters, uh, it'd be like okay. $150, yeah. I, I think. Uh, yeah. Oh, I guess if you go into it now, it would. Yeah, I don't know how much it would be now. I'm, I'm sure there must be a special. Well, it's deal it's special somewhere. now, but like if you started from the beginning, you bought the game for sixty, and then you paid thirty for each of the season passes. That puts you at around one fifty, um, and that's not for any extra costumes or anything it, like that. I but. mean, if you're playing Street Fighter every day and you're enjoying it, so like 
Street Fighter Five is a difficult one because it's so div- divisive yeah. for people. Uh, but like Street Fighter Four, for instance, right, which was a little less divisive, maybe, or whatever your favorite Street Fighter game is. Mm-hmm. If you think of your favorite Street Fighter game and you think, okay, I'm gonna play this for five years, right, and I'm gonna play it pretty much every day. Mm-hmm. Like when you break that cost down, it's like it's nothing. Sure. It's really nothing on a daily basis. Like you know, compared to I don't know drinking coffee every day or whatever it's like it's apps it's when you add that stuff up like that's three like in new york that's like three or four bucks for each cup of coffee right yeah get two of those two of those a day you got eight bucks a day it's just ridiculous i think if you're enjoying the game and it's fun to you then i think the dlc at least what i've seen so far is not too terrible i get a little irritated that some dlc seems to be available like I don't know if they ever made it available here or not, but for instance, they had the. Do you remember the director's colors, like the, yeah. the aesthetics, the aesthetic stuff? Yeah. So they had the director's colors in Japan, and I don't think they ever released them in the U.S. And that annoyed the hell out of me, because there was some random stuff like a pink Ken, uh, and uh, which was kind of I don't know. It was kind of, pink. Anything is kind of like good because like Dan, you know. Sure. That annoys me when DLC is a little bit restricted per country or whatever, and um, and now they've got. <laughs> I actually it's kind of cool but at the same time it's like damn i wish i could get that they have the uh it's not even dlc but they have the special costumes for people who win the rage tournament in japan right so takedo takedo just did just designed his one for akuma where i'm just like oh my god that's so dope it has like a white tiger on the back it's just so good and red eyes and that's what me mihuza did the same thing with chan lee he had like a red-eyed chan lee and stuff i guess what i'm trying to say is if the game is a long running game and you are sticking with it and you enjoy it aesthetic dlc is really just down to your choice right so aesthetic dlc i think is harmless in a way it's like it's like if you really like something buy it it's not gonna make a difference where you get to a problem is when you're paying to win yes right and i'm not sure that street fighter because street fighter also has fight money in it as well so that's fine I think the loot crates is painful. I don't like the loot crates at all because at the moment, you know, the the, the mystic ball thing. Mm-hmm. Because at the because at the moment, the prizes, the the sort of uh, prizes are not. They're super not worth it unless you're getting the thing that you're seeking, like the the new costume with those small exactly. things. Like, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. If if you could if you could sell the small things for like some fight money, like a little bit of yeah. fight money, that would exactly. even you know. But but the way it is now, it's like you got chewing gum to use in survival mode. It's like who yeah. plays survival <laughs> mode, right? So right, um, right. That's exactly it. So it's like it looks like they're testing. Honestly, it feels like they're testing for the next iteration or another game. Mm-hmm. It feels like they're testing something. But and maybe they're just testing the way it works, or like the actual engine or whatever you call that, you know, in software terms. Mm-hmm. But that's that's not fun. Like I I spent a lot of money trying to get you know the the Mike costume yeah, for uh, Balrog, and I just gave up because I was like, this is too much fight money. I need this fight money for something else at some point. I just uh, forget it. Forget yeah, it. The the economy in five is uh, well. Polygon wrote an article that I I. Agree. They they brought up some good points, and that the way the economy is set up, the risk reward, and 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 how much things cost are is not amazing. They they really had some really harsh words for it, but um, but I hear you there. Like it makes people not want to spend their money because things are just not appropriately priced. Um, but uh, you, that, so so the, so the loot box experience in Call of Duty is fun. Yeah, same right? thing with I, Heroes I just, of the Storm. Okay, so I know it from Call of Duty, right? And mm-hmm. I know that experience is fun. 
And the way they make it fun is by giving you just interesting aesthetic stuff. Like, I mean, it's all aesthetic, to be perfectly honest. Right. A lot of it and, is And just really quick to clean something up, the idea of pay to win, it's like that that's not even in the conversation if they did that like i would be out very quickly and i think a lot of people would now it's not to say that you can't be successful with that because i think fifa is like the most played game over the over the throughout the world something like that and you can put real money into there to get you know to expedite the process and get better players as opposed to racking up you know in-game currency and stuff and, and that works but as far as what we're concerned here i'm not even entertaining the idea of pay to win um everything should like that you would pay for would either be to unlock the characters faster or to uh or for aesthetics but mainly aesthetic yeah i mean i don't have a problem with that me personally like aesthetics i just think they could make the i think they could make the loot crate system way more exciting right so you could you could win like titles and things like that and there's also a way of doing it so call of duty the way that they're the it's very satisfying like the experience Mm -hmm. uh if you've ever played dragon ball the loot crate version in dragon ball is really unsatisfying because you go pay you pay this dumb money in dragon ball uh uh, god i'm gonna get killed uh by all the weebs but like i I can't remember what the money is called (laughs) um but basically you pay the money right and and it gives you like 10 things but it's just a list right and it, it doesn't like reveal and show you and like like oh, call yeah. of duty like reveals it and shows it to you and you're like oh that's good right and, and you in know heroes of the storm you open a, a, a loot crate up it it blows up in this animation and then four unseen cards pop up and and the card well like little like totem things and they each have like a colored gem on them and that that reveals how rare but you still don't know what the item is and then you have to click on each one of those and you click them and they explode into the item that you're getting and there's a sound and it's like a rare and a common and and an epic or whatever and it and it's like celebrates with you and and it's (laughs) goofy and we're laughing about it but that is so important because you feel like you're making progress like your time is worthwhile and you want to do it again so then you immediately look when do I get my next loot box? What level? It's you know? fun. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Like the experience is fun. It's like it's Christmas. It's like unwrapping. It's exactly. like wrapping paper. It's unwrapping it and seeing it and celebrating it. And uh, so far, you know, Dragon Ball is pretty bad in that regard. Like you don't see people tried to make the videos. I think I even tried to make a video uh, like a like a loot crate. I'm gonna spend a million. Yeah. whatever on these loot and see crates. what i get and and it's so boring to watch it's like oh it's a snooze fest right mm-hmm. uh because it doesn't really reveal it just has a list and you're like you have to go find it again like what is this thing and try it on or whatever and that's that's all part of the user experience of of uh loot crates and stuff mm-hmm. but um but uh, i mean i don't know i don't i honestly don't know what the bigger question here is well um well like okay so i don't know how much we'll just take Fortnite because um it was wisecrack this youtube channel that i, I follow did uh, a recent video on why does Fortnite make billions of dollars when it's free to play uh, and it's not p- pay to win and okay. essentially all Fortnite, the only place you can really spend money in Fortnite is on cosmetics that don't affect anything except for what your character looks like and the argument was for this particular thing is um conspicuous consumption and what that is is that people really want when when people have an excess of money they will spend it on 
things that essentially let everybody else know that they have money. So things like spinners on your car, for instance, stuff that like, that's not gonna do anything, but it's all for the sake of status. And when you buy all of these like unique and, and, and custom things that not everybody else has, whether that mean like a modification to the way your gun looks or your armor or whatever, people are really drawn to that. And so Fortnite in this, this May made $125 million only on these essentially aesthetic purchases. Now it's a little bit deeper than that because it's like the way they presented and things like that and the stuff that we were talking about and the, the level of satisfaction of the presentation and such and, and that's all part of it. But I'm thinking to myself, well, Street Fighter already has so much in the way of costumes and, and customization that wouldn't affect anything. But like, say the game was free, okay? Then mm. like does that, that opens it up to a lot more people are gonna try it. And then the idea that you could you could get your you know pre-made costumes, but what if you took it a step further and did kind of like what Tekken does, where you can mix and match, and you have to you have to purchase like the shower curtain thing for Akuma or whatever, but you got to make your own version of this character. And maybe not only that, but what if you got to take that version and somehow play it in tournament as well, you know? Like, things like that. Like, people would jump on that. How much do people love their character? Do they love picking the same costume and color every time and it becomes an extension of them? I think that if you were able to buy certain headgear and shirts and pants and knee pads and shoes or whatever and mix and match, people would spend their money on that given that the game was first and foremost fun to play yeah so basically what you're talking about is self-expression so that's what i've always said about fighting games right is like fighting games are about self-expression as are a number of games but fighting games in particular uh if you you know everyone let's think about this so styles right characters the the minute you pick a character is self-expression so it's like this character represents me i want to be the big guy i want to be the fast guy i want to be the girl whatever right right um then and then on top of that you've got style right so it's like well how does this character play this is this is uh this is the way i want this is the way the character plays and this is also the way i want to play the character you know and these are the combos i want to do you know like i want to be stylish no i just want to use brute force i whatever right um so it's, this there's layers and layers of self-expression and the the cosmetic dlc is a whole nother bunch of layers of self-expression which people used to laugh at but they do that with their logical brain Mm -hmm. and then but people don't really act with their logical brain what they do is they see something and go oh my god that's so cool you know and that's one of the things i've realized from interviewing player after player after player after player is like i used to you know i've always had a question which is why do you pick your character and i've always always expected the answer to be because i looked at the frame data and this character has a three frame jab and this and that and the other right Mm -hmm. which you know people do do sort of but they find it really one of the things i've learned from these players is they tend to find it really hard to put in the work with a character they just don't gel with you know like oh yeah absolutely because it becomes so much work it's like why would i do this if this is what i'm doing in my free time you know, it has to be rewarding uh, at certain levels just to, to continue to motivate you because you're, I mean, you're not getting paid to do this. Some people are, and then that changes the conversation. But for the majority, it's like you need to be motivated to go through this, and that motivation is probably going to be that you're enjoying the process. So if you're playing a character that you don't jive with, then it's like, yeah, you're probably not enjoying the process. 
Right. And so, and a lot of that can be quite aesthetic. Like, yeah, I'll talk to players and I don't believe that every single player I talk to is, is lying to me mm-hmm. because they don't want to share their secret tech. Like, I, I believe that they're human beings and they have emotional... And you, I mean, look, you're, a, you're someone who uh, has played at the very highest level with Goken, right? Like, so you're, you're another example of that, right? You're somebody who decided to pick a character, Goken, probably had whatever reason. I don't know what reason. I'd love to talk to you about that at some, t- at some point, but I'm sure you had a reason for, like, picking that character and pursuing that character. Um and I doubt it was because, oh, Goken is the best character in the game. Right. You know? Like, I looked at his frame data, and I've been watching a bunch of videos of Daigo playing Goken, and I decided that I want to be the best, and I want to play Goken, right? That's not, that's not it what was, happened. Uh, the, quick, the quick version of it was uh, he was the last character you had to unlock in Street Fighter Four. He was the last one to unlock, and I was playing Ken otherwise and had gotten everybody and then gotten him. And uh, Driftwood, who was my training partner, was like, I'm going to pick up Goken. And I so I was like, I'm going to do it first and just like just mess around with them. He never did. I messed around with them. And, and I guess I it was just that I had won a string of matches with him or something about him. And I couldn't put my finger on it because I didn't think about it at the time. But he was fun initially enough to stick with. I continued doing it. I started winning and, uh, you know, just between the two of us and whatnot. And that was enough for me to just kind of lock in and, and move along with that character. And and there wasn't much beyond it. It wasn't like, oh, this is the character, like when I saw him on Character Select or anything like that. I yeah. just happened to decide to play him one day, and then I stayed with it, and now here we are in 2018. <laughs> right, but, yeah, but I mean, and then you became known, right? Because you were like the Goken guy and all that sort of stuff, right? And, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that was... That was really cool because I always love it when the player becomes the character in a way. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's fascinating. But I, I think like people for years. Well, I'm, and I'm years getting in... older, and so I'm I'm on I'm on my way. Just <laughs> yeah, yeah. On my beard. <laughs> just grow the beard. Yeah. Um, but I, I think really just what I'm trying to say is that you know fighting games are about self uh, fighting games and a lot of games self expression self expression yes. and aesthetics really help that. One hundred percent. So if you can get like you know let's say you can do costumes but let's say you started messing about so you could customize more so you could have like oh i'm gonna wear this hat and i think they do it in tekken right you do a yep. crazy customization you can do that stuff that's you expressing yourself that's saying that i'm a goofball or i'm super cool or i like green or whatever i'm gonna be the green ken or whatever i don't know right mm-hmm. and then and then on top of that one of the things you know if if you did have a free street fighter one of the things you could have as your unlockables right in your loot crates but you could also but you could also pay uh, if you wanted to skip all of that grinding and all that stuff you could pay right Mm-hmm. would be uh what do they call it the title cards like the little titles yep um the quotes right uh oh, at the end yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the quotes the, the quotes at the end the quotes at the beginning the taunts uh the titles i love the titles i currently have uh i think i have button masher on mine at the moment hmm. but i change the title all the time 
And those are ones that you can you can win, but you also have to buy a lot of them, right, with fight money? Uh, the tiles, um, you can buy them, yeah. You can buy them, and I and it's funny you've said that now because I haven't done that for a while, but I did used to buy them. I used to go through them all and be like, all right, this one's Well, good. everything's so expensive, and if you're not buying season passes, all your fight money's going to characters. And then if you're not buying that, it's like $40,000 or 40000 right. fight money. for. So, again, the economy's not perfect. The economy's not perfect, but it is aesthetic. Is there an opportunity to give away the next Street Fighter free and then make money out of aesthetic things? I mean, why not? Well, it seems here's... to it, it seems to work for everything else, but you know, I guess the argument is fighting games are hard to get into and people right, don't like fighting games. Right. Here's my vision and I and I'm not saying that this would work, but I want to put it out there and I want to put it out there in front of um, a mind like yours that, you know, thinks about all these things and these different angles and whatnot and just see what your general reaction is. I essentially want you to poke holes in it if the, you know, the opportunity to do so presents itself and you feel strongly. And I know like anytime I write about what if fighting games were free? People are like, no, you can't do it. And they just immediately shoot it down. And that's that's fine. And I'm I'm basically this is just what i've seen work and i'm trying to apply it to fighting games i'm not saying this this will work i'm saying what if we did it like this why tell me why this wouldn't work and let's move from there and and scientifically go through this but here's here's my very basic vision for let's say a street fighter 6 or whatever um the next fighting game here's what you do you make it free okay so now anybody can download it they see it you know just floating out there in the ether there's like a little you know ad for it or whatever anyone and their mom can download it and begin playing it like the mobas that i've played briefly at any given time there are six characters on the character select screen that anyone can play so six rotation characters and those change on let's say a weekly basis when they're free you can take them into the training mode you can take them online everything but when they change you can't use them unless you've purchased them so you have one of six character or you have six characters that you can play at any given time those change until you pay you know whatever it is a hundred a hundred thousand fight money to unlock them and then you have them permanently right the roster grows but it you know it stays within that so uh you can you can essentially unlock the entire character select screen or you can only purchase the characters you want to play but if you want to play against them in training and, and delve into them you're going to need to buy them or wait for them to be free okay there's there's that now we have the entire customization and and like you brought up i really like the idea of you can change your win quotes you can change your taunt but you have to unlock those kinds of things you can do that either through playing the game and getting fight money and whatnot and opening up loot crates that may very rarely include a new character like maybe you can still win a character in a loot crate because that's like the big appeal like man i might get a i might get into a whole character right now but probably not um, but you can get all these things and you can pay to also purchase these things. You can pay to purchase a character and immediately get them. Um, and so the idea here is you get a whole bunch of people in the door because the game's free. If it's fun to play, if they're having a good time, they're going to stick with it. And we've seen it with these other games where they'll put a lot of money into cosmetics, that whole conspicuous consumption thing, the whole being able to express yourself. The game just needs to be fun enough, right? What do you think mm. about that approach, like for, for Street Fighter Six, And that's a very broad, there are more details to be ironed out, but what do you think? Do you think that would work, or, or is there some huge hole that I'm missing right off the bat? I mean, it's. I think if it's been, if it's been proven with other games, then it's possible it can work. Mm-hmm. I think there's a bigger discussion about... 
I feel like there's a bigger discussion about fighting games themselves, like yeah. which is you know the appeal or lack of appeal of fighting games to the general public. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, on that note, when before five came out, they had random places where you could go and you could play it, uh, and it was just like the demo beta, not even the beta, just demo versions, and it had like Ryu, Cami, Nash, and Birdie. I think were the only playable character, maybe M Bison. And one of the places that they had this was at Magic Mountain in SoCal for you know six weeks or something like that. So when that happened, I uh, I think I had a season pass at the time, so I went there specifically by myself to Magic Mountain to go play Street Fighter V and maybe Red Goliath once or twice. And um, while I was there, you have people that are there that you know didn't come to play Street Fighter. They just stumble across it and they all mm. go, "Oh yeah, I told I, I made it a point to ask them. I'm like, oh, do you play this or, or something? Like, oh no, but I, I used to. And I go, well, what do you mean you used to? And it almost always meant, well, I played Street Fighter Two back in the day, so it was very recognizable. And they all wanted to jump on and give it a shot when it was just right there in front of them. And, and I go, well, that's sort of, you know, the free experience that you stumble across and they would have a good time because everyone's going to score some kind of crush counter at, while they, you know, mess around with their friends or against the computer or whatever. Um, but it's like people were were willing to stop by and recognize, you know, the big Ryu, you know, on the side of the panel or whatever, on the side of the arcade machines and like, oh, yeah, I recognize that Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. And, and Dragon Ball Z, like they have the names. I think that they'll get people in the door, especially when the door is open for free. I think the only big thing there is the game just has to be fun. And and so I wonder, take that model that I just described and put it on Street Fighter V. Would that work? Is Street Fighter V fun enough, fast enough to keep people around for the grind? No, uh, because not because of the gameplay, but because of the gameplay is subjective, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you know that, but uh, the user experience is appalling. So, like, I, I people put it on. My seven-year-old brother put it on and was like, it's still loading. Yep, it takes 20 He's... freaking minutes to get the game to start up. That I sucks. I mean, us who play the game every day, I mean, I say us, I, I've just started to get back into it, but... If you play the game every day, you know that you turn it on and then you go do. Go something. get coffee, yes, or go to the bathroom. It's like, oh, I gotta before I we do all, the next thing, I gotta start up Street Fighter. So by the time I come back, I'm ready to start the next all, process. <laughs> yeah, we all, we all know the routine. And the the Sarko used to his wife used to post videos of him. He has two setups at home. Hmm. While one is loading, he's playing on the other one. Like he doesn't. He's he's a family man, right? He doesn't have time for this right he just doesn't have time for it like mm -hmm. I'm, in this day and age in this digital age like 20 you know one minute one minute or whatever however long it takes to load like the initial screen uh is just too long like okay it's like, so so say they they cleaned up the user experience so that it, it were fast enough and it were yeah. easy enough to go through like this is more in the in load times and menus and things like that um and because i think that they could do that especially if it's on their radar it's just that they for whatever reason didn't I mean, hit that mark K for five didn't i mean killer instinct tried it right and uh, didn't they i mean wasn't i don't know killer street instinct fighter if, if you if you jump back into street fighter 4 you can like it, it's you, the by the time you turn you select the game from the playstation menu you're into like an actual match like with no sorry like i'm talking about seconds. your di I, i'm going uh, i'm because you're asking me like basically would this model this dlc model work for street fighter right mm -hmm. isn't that isn't that what you're asking yeah. like you're basically saying is, is street fight fun fun enough for it to work mm -hmm. and and the answer is like i, I don't know 
like I don't know for free stuff like I would say that Killer Instinct was a pretty big name back in the day and a pretty big franchise and it was brought back to life and uh, and it's probably more similar to Street Fighter than it was back then uh, a lot of care and attention went into it and mm. it's on the Xbox One and anyone who has an Xbox One I think can download it and play it for free right they can play yeah yeah to a certain extent and then I, I think you have to pay for character. for new characters and stuff and I don't know how that's changed since they've you know finished right. the, the complete version and all that stuff but but essentially yes like it was you could always get your hands on it I think and then if you wanted to delve further into it or flesh it out with more characters and such then you could put money into it yeah um, I but mean again I, it was restricted to Xbox One I think I think if you if you if for Street Fighter 5 I don't know right because you're, we're sort of talking about I think you would have to add a whole bunch of interesting, more interesting, customizable, aesthetic DLC, mm-hmm. right? Because I think that is actually where you would make your money. Um, and uh, giving a game away free, will you get people to play it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you definitely, you definitely need to. Certain things need to be working. It's so got to be honest, it, right? It's got to be a good experience. It's, to it's keep them be, there yeah i mean but first and foremost the user experience has to be good mm-hmm. uh you know i bang on 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 and on and on about user experience and uh they, they they used to talk about it a lot on our street fighter as well like those were the things that they wanted fixed because they were they were they were ready you know a lot of people were ready to say all right well street fighter is a bit different now like the fundamentals are different or whatever maybe it's a bit more guessing game i think at the end of the day, people would, would accept the gameplay more, let's say, if the rest of the game felt like it, it was a full package. Like there sure. was this love, passion, attention to detail, quality control, which I feel happened in the last update. You know, I did that video talking about uh, Sagat and uh, G and also the, the um, user experience of being able to go back you know, into the training room with the two characters you just played in ranked, yep. right? Which saves you a lot of time, um, and is focused on the player and enables them to get better. Um, you know, so that if you're playing G and there's an issue, he's doing spamming a move, and you just don't know what to do about against it. You can go straight into the training room. You can have him spam that move, figure out how to counter it or whatever, right? And mm-hmm. it helps you as a player get better and all that sort of stuff. But uh, like we're talking like i mean of street fighter 5 i think it's at a stage now where it's very i can't sort of say yeah this would suddenly work for street fighter 5 i don't think anything would work street fighter 5 now i think street fighter 5 has to do a good job of continuing to entertain uh the people that are invested in it sure and until the next title drops and then i think they need to take all the learnings from marvel's failure and from Street Fighter V's divisiveness, and they need to implement that into Street Fighter VI or whatever the next game is. I would actually like to see them do a... I personally think that in order to keep it sort of a little bit new and fresh, they might need to go... CVS3? CVS3, maybe. Or I would actually like to see... uh, I was talking about this uh, the other day, is a sort of Street Fighter Origins... So you go back in time and you get like everybody's master, right? So you get good te- Tetsu. That'd be sick. Y- you get young Goken, which you'd love. You get young Akuma, who's just a- just starting to struggle with that Satsu no Hado. Mm-hmm. You you get uh, baby Chun's- Ryu. 
<laughs> you bet. You, you could maybe you get Baby Ryu. You, you get Go He's Habiki. DLC. You get Go Habiki. So you get Go Habiki, who's Dan's dad, and actually like pretty hardcore because he apparently I don't know. I think this is canon now, but apparently he took out uh, Sagat Sagat's eye. Uh, right. He's the one. He's the one. So he's pretty hardcore. So you got Go Habiki. Maybe you'd have a young Dan. I don't know around in the story or something. I don't know. But uh, you would have um, young Gen. You would have young Zeku. You would have potentially have other characters. The uh, you know this is pre Street Fighter One, pre Street Fighter Alpha. You would have other characters who potentially could have an impact on the law and would be more well received probably because it would be it would feel more like oh these guys are historical you know like it just uh, that natural feeling of like these guys are historical or whatever um you know maybe g is back there as well like maybe that guy is like you know never ages i mean he's pretty old now so it could be a young g you know there could be a young bison that guy has been switching but i mean i don't he, he tries to switch bodies and stuff like that right so I don't totally know the lore on Bison, but I love the idea of like a Street Fighter Origins, like like going That'd way be back. Sick. And the and the characters, you know, you'd still get your Shotos, and that was that's the thing that would save it, right? Because I well, think it's the when common you, ground that people would would recognize and on a level right, that I think would right, be very important right. so to you, them. So there has to be, yeah, exactly. As a franchise, you have to retain certain things. So Shoto has to be retained right so fireball dragon punch tatsu character has to be retained right Mm -hmm. um and so but you could go backwards and that could be uh young akuma or it could be gotetsu uh or you know whatever or goken you know could be a a little bit uh more traditional i don't know it depends what you want to do but like that would be where i would go with the with the next game because a a I'm not sure that Street Fighter Six. I'm not sure where it, it's. It's hard to know where you would go. Uh, you know, releasing a bunch because like you go through that whole releasing characters thing, and it would all be like the same characters. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it'll be like oh god, we're on repeat again. So I, I think there needs to be like a couple of games before Street Fighter Six. I agree. Like, Otherwise, like, it's like what's the difference between that and what we're doing with Five right now? I guess it could be all new mechanics and things like that. But yeah, but yeah, but it think, doesn't feel like there's a big division between the two. It's like why not just continue releasing characters in Five or something like that? But if you give the game love, care, and attention, and it ma- you make it a fun game first and foremost. And one of the ideas I had, right, is that a lot of people are scared to play online. And either they're scared or they're not interested or they just don't understand, like, whatever, right? I don't know quite where their minds are at, but when you look at the trophies for, you know, what people have achieved when they play Street Fighter, you know, it's it's crazy. Like, the, the ratio of, like, people who haven't completed, like, 10 ranked matches mm-hmm. compared compared to the number of people who've completed like general story mode or just character story modes or whatever like it's ridiculous like i can't even remember the ratio but it's really really lopsided towards the single player content right yeah um and we in the fgc which is quite a small group actually um you know tend to think well this single player stuff you know i don't know if it's worth it and when it gets executed badly if it definitely feels like it's not worth it you know because like i feel like there's a that single player content can be executed a hell of a lot better if you put the money in if you put the time in if you put the uh 
if you put the the passion the attention detail all that sort of stuff um, but one of the ideas I had was for the next fighting game is when you get to the end of story mode the final boss is a ranked match you know um, like you it's now the only way you're gonna finish story mode or and or arcade mode and get your medal is that you have to go online and play somebody jump into the to the pool you know just get right. thrown into the real pool right and it's like dark souls if you know if it's that hard for you to beat other people it's like dark souls just keep going at it and keep going at it and then finally you beat somebody online but the beauty of it is you get that feeling of i just beat another human i just beat another <laughs> is, human being is this is this against another person that's just finishing the mode two and it's like their first match as well or is it like oh it's a grandmaster abigail good luck <laughs> no 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 no, no. It, i think you just get thrown into rank yeah like, yeah, yeah. It, like re- regular rank but and and at bronze level or whatever right uh but my point is like i think there's a, a point during story mode maybe it's at the end maybe it's in the middle i don't know but i think there's a point in single player mode which a lot of people play and complete according to the statistics where you can go right now you got to go online you got to go online you got to play somebody and mm-hmm. that otherwise you're not going anywhere like that's how you finish story mode like i would put it at the end i'd be like now you got to now you got to play a rank match and then you will have and when you win that rank match you will have completed story mode and just let them have that feeling of winning a match even if it takes them 10 or 100 100 well it shouldn't take them 100 i'd hope but like even <laughs> it takes them 10 10 times to do it you know just get that that feeling of going online. Oh, that wasn't too scary. Oh, and maybe actually I got a little bit of a high out of that. I kind of enjoyed playing other people. That was interesting. It's that uh, um, that holistic approach of, of, I like the idea of connecting all of the different aspects and, and parts of the game together so that they all work with each other and, and, and lead into each other so someone is forced to get the full experience instead of just going to that same spot on the menu every single time. I think that there's a, there's a lot of validity in that. And what I would do is sorry i'm building on this a little bit like it's almost like we're in a capcom brainstorming session <laughs> but like what, what we would, should be what, what i would do is implement at the end of that when you get to the end of story mode you have unlocked let's say three random taunts and three random titles and three random quotes and whatever and so before you go into that ranked match you get to customize yourself up right and you know fortnite has the dances right i don't know like i don't even know if that's something that they would ever consider in street fighter and i don't even know if anyone cares about that i don't know but like taunts are interesting uh and they're almost like dancing and colors customization various different types of customization and titles and quotes and that stuff so you're always so you're already getting a taste for that customization and then sort of like you know after you've won that ranked match and you've had your opportunity to maybe taunt them or do whatever it is that you do you know maybe there's an opportunity maybe you will feel some affinity to the game maybe you will feel some affinity to a character or something that kind of drags you in dude uh, like in my experiences with uh well i keep bringing it up but most recently i've been playing heroes of the storm it's like I played a game and I leveled up and it threw a loot box at me. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously I didn't do too hot, but I went in there and I did the moves. It threw a loot box at me and I had that experience that I explained earlier about opening it up and it's like, yay, c- congratulations, you got a skin for uh, for one of the beasts you can ride or whatever. And I was like, let's do that again. How, how long until I can get my next fix on that? Because I really want to do that. Yeah. I want to see that meter fill up and then explode and, and give cool me my it. loot box and stuff. So, and- 
Call of Duty is Call of Duty is exactly the same thing for me. Like the loot boxes are extraordinarily satisfying, right? Because one, you earn them usually, and then they're just satisfying to open and all that sort of stuff, right? But I, I can't remember now because uh, it's been a while since I played Call of Duty. But I'm sure there are things that I ended up paying for because I was just like, this would be too dope. Like I want, I want that helmet or whatever you stick around even if you're a stickler and you're like i never spend money on games like that yeah. but you're around for six months you've been playing the same character for a while you want to put your own pizzazz on it i guarantee you the right thing pops up like i, I mean cody what if so like the character cody what if they come out with the hagar you know clothing for cody and you can buy that at a certain time like they're already sort of doing all of this just in a different way but i'm like man you come out a lot of these ideas are good a lot of these costumes are good if you come out with that and say hey if you want it you can buy it uh, and, and it we're in this other kind of approach that we're talking about i really think people would jump on that and i think that they could get even more bang for their buck and people would be happier yeah i mean it really just boils down to i mean so like i said we talked about the execution of the dlc which is incredibly important uh, we've talked about the type of DLC, which is incredibly important. We've talked about self-expression, how much people want to express themselves, and that's why that type of DLC works. So DLC works. Uh, I think it always, for fighting games, it always just comes back to, are people going to play this game? Are they going to stick around and play this game? And that's the big question mark. And I just think that's the bigger question is, how do you get people to play fighting games? And maybe, maybe, weirdly weirdly because a lot of the time people are like oh you know get rid of the dlc but weirdly like people are you know in a lot of these other games people are really enjoying the dlc because they can earn it and then if they want they have the option of buying it right and um but it's 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 treated on a whole nother level you know and so weirdly if if they did it right and they made it as exciting as they possibly could um of course, like there's a possibility that e that that type of customization and interesting DLC could actually help with the um, immersiveness, expressiveness, and uh, fun nature of the game in totality. Because we tend to think of the game as just the gameplay for esports, but that's where I think Street Fighter Five went wrong. Is is uh, is that it? Did, they weren't designing a fun overall experience i'm immediately as you talk about this i'm applying that logic to my experience right now in five right now i have fun when i feel like i am growing and ultimately for, for me personally it's so that i can either raise my rank online competitively or if i if i'm learning things that i can take to an actual tournament and pot potentially win the tournament right but for me the end goal as a competitor first and foremost is to win and so like you know we've talked ad nauseum about how the the random factor of street fighter 5 makes it eh, it sucks when you're it really sucks when you don't win but if I'm also just working towards getting the next reward and things like that, then even when I don't win, it's not the worst thing in the world because I have other things that I'm moving towards. And maybe maybe you still get some money if you lose, but you just don't get as much, 
right? And so like it it kind of mutes that that negativity that you feel when you lose, and it's just like you just get more of it and and bigger progress when you win. But it's not all hinging on well that sucked. I'm further away from my goal now, and I don't feel like I'm I'm moving towards my other goal that you know of of winning in tournament and things like that. And, um, but like, yeah, if, if you're, you also, I think have the opportunity to minimize the negativity of losing with this approach. And, and I think that there's a lot to that. I yeah. think that that would uh, help to fix a lot of I, the issue I, that people are talking about with street fighter five. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I think you put more thought into this than I have for sure. And, uh, so I'm going to lean on you and say that you're probably right. I think, you know, DLC is interesting and I think it can it, certainly it can help and add uh, an element of fun to the game which is all about self-expression for sure and it can also be a money maker and it can also mean that it can open up the game to be free for people to get into but i think there's a lot of other things in regards to fighting games there's a lot of other barriers you know like in advertising we call it barriers to purchase right so it's like i want you to buy this this bottle of water what are the barriers to purchase? What's stopping you from buying this bottle of water? You know, is it is it because it's too expensive? Is it because you just don't like the name? You don't like the look of it? You don't like the feel of it? It doesn't fit in your bag. Uh, it's like too far down the aisle. Like it's whatever. There's like a million barriers yeah, to purchase, like right? The, the level of shelf that it's on, and if it's in your eyesight, and all those little tiny things that you know. Right. So, yeah. so when you're thinking about uh, trying to sell a product, you think about um, all the barriers to purchase and you try to overcome them, right? And so the same thing needs to uh, kind of needs to happen with fighting games. Like the people need to sit down and figure out what are the barriers. And I feel like they have been trying to do that, but I'm not sure they are hitting on the right barriers. So, you know, I think the barrier that's being focused on the most is complexity right so it's like oh these games are way too complex so we have to make them easier you know Mm -hmm. we have to we have to uh, or we have to reduce you know what they tried to do with street street fighter 5 and and corey gaming's video his biggest video ever was was titled you know the consequences of reducing the skill gap i I watched that like two weeks ago again just because yeah and and rightfully so it's a great video right and you know it's full of it's got a lot of interviews that in there from me actually uh, where the players are talking about exactly that point of uh you know what's going on and you had i'll never forget because in that video the, the my favorite clip i think in that video is when they're interviewing combo fiend and uh he had a very hard job by the way i have yeah, nothing I but not I, have, him. I have nothing but respect for him um but he had a bit it's very hard it's very hard in that role where you're actually sort of consumer facing and you can't explain things uh you know what's really going on but they they had the lupe fiasco daigo match right and yeah to this day i'm still not even sure if it was like fixed or if it was just 100 like, percent. it was daigo hasn't been playing a lot wasn't taking it seriously and was not at all playing like daigo without having ever touched street fighter 5 could have sat down and just on basic fundamentals beaten lupe fiasco or virtually anybody off the street especially in like a first to three Daigo was, uh, in my opinion, just being very laissez-faire about it because it was for the sake of entertainment. And they didn't even know that the match was over, that the set was over when they got to three. They thought it was like a first of five. They're like, is that it? It's it. Oh, oh, I won. Oh, I don't even know. I know that Daigo had, you know, he's a slower learner. He has a lot of interesting 
talking going back to different types of players and how they learn he has a lot of really interesting encouraging sure. words in his book for people about uh if you're a slow learner um so when he was began street Fighter five he was a slow learner but i do agree with you i, I definitely think he would have just used uh fundamentals even though just stay back and uppercut and fireball yeah and yeah yeah manipulate exactly. that way yeah. and win yeah yeah even if not some of it is not quite true to the the real fundamentals of four i think it still would have worked um but you know it was very interesting because that the comment that uh appeared in in gerald's corey gaming's video was you know i think it was best of five your friends at best of five when it was best of three asking combo fiend you know what do you think about this match what does that say and combo fiend was selling it to the people right mm -hmm. and the sell was well it just goes to show anyone can win right <laughs> which doesn't make any sense it's, it doesn't make any sense right which it's fine like i like this is not about combo fiend by the way at all uh this is the line that the company was that was the line the company was pushing right and that was sort of like the idea it was like well let's randomize this game a bit more so that more people have a chance and therefore more people will win sometimes and they'll beat pros and all this stuff and it didn't none of it to me made sense and still doesn't like i get the idea of wanting people to jump in and be able to play but like the idea of trying to randomize a game so much that i can beat daigo is just ridiculous um and i don't think anyone finds that appealing at all i i don't think by the way i, I want to drive this point home i don't think street fighter 5 is so random that Joe Schmo off the street can beat Daigo, and I don't think that the Lupe fiasco matches evidence to you know to that uh, or to the um, alternative. No, I, no, I, I think I, that I, I, I totally I totally agree with you. I'm just yeah, there I'm, is I'm, a I'm, random factor to it that hasn't been present in previous Street Fighters, right? Uh, and I, and the, my point is not to say that Street Fighter achieved that, but that was what they were pushing, right? So that was the selling line. So what yeah. I'm saying, what I'm saying to you is what they consider a barrier to entry right in marketing terms at least let's just take it to a marketing level what they consider to be a barrier to entry is these games are difficult and you can't win but we it's okay we designed this game and you're going to be able to win right which makes no sense i'll never forget brian f put it in simple terms in a tweet which i've been struggling to say for so long which is which is look there are two players and guess what? The other bloke wants to win. Mm -hmm. The other guy, oh, sorry, the other person wants to win. You know, like, that's how it is. That's how it's always going to be, whether you're playing footsies, dive kick, freaking, I don't know, like, uh, Street Fighter. Like, it doesn't matter what the game is. The other person wants to win. So fundamentals are always, always going to be the thing, right? And people are always going to figure out how to be better at a game and hopefully better than you um so so all you need to do is for these newcomers in this in this fantasy you know approach that i've brought up all you need to do is uh put them like their first introduction have them have sagat have them do a, an uppercut a tiger uppercut then have them do the v skill and have them do v skill tiger uppercut and they will be hooked because that is one of the most fun things you can do in this game um it is uh, and I say like, as far as satisfaction goes. 
Yeah, I mean, like, basically, I remember Street Fighter 2 in the arcade, and it was like, oh, I can do a Hadouken. But Street Fighter 1, you couldn't, because of Tiger! Nightmare. And Super hard. Well, impossible. I mean, compared to today's standards with shortcuts and stuff, it's very difficult still to do uppercuts consistently and fireballs in Street Fighter 2. You really gotta, you gotta be precise with your with your actions, and if you've only played 4 and above, then it's it, it takes a while to adjust to that. Um, right. But I think already that's evidence that, like, it's, it's easy enough. People will figure it out if it's fun to do, if it's fun right. to play. I think you have to have some easy elements in the game which allow people to have fun, particularly with their friends. You know, it's important to be able to sit down with your friends. Like, oh, mm -hmm. we all got the new game today and we've never played it and we're going to play together. You know, Street Fighter 4 was a bit like that. Like, Street Fighter 4, because it was, you know, it had been a long time since people had really been playing fighting games at, at a mass level. Mm -hmm. But Street Fighter 4 came along and it was just like, oh, it's like Street Fighter 2. Let me jump in. I can do the fireball. I can do the dragon punch. Let me, and it's fun. You know, funnily enough, I always talk about the Ga the Gandhi match, uh, yeah. F FSP Gandhi match. You know, of a guy who just came along and did a bunch of random shit and won, <laughs> and so like, good. and and did it in a way that I I'm not even sure I've seen that in five. You know, like, and that was kind of what I think they was I their ideal vision was like this this random guy is going to come along and that's be the like thing. This. I wrote an article about that. There, there can't be a Gandhi situation in five because of, um, because of the way the game works. It's like, yeah, that's that kind of thing is going to happen, uh, more or less. I don't know if it, that's that might be a little bit extreme. I do think though that with five as it exists right now, with all of its flaws and the things that people don't like about it as far as gameplay goes, if it were faster as far as like the the quality of um of your experience and like you know the load times were better and the uh the economy was was better and in and such but you you had five as a as a core gameplay like i think it would work with that free system and such it just if like people would enjoy playing it enough to pursue those rewards of like the loot boxes and the uh and the aesthetic you know additions the costumes things like that they would play through street fighter 5 to get to those things and then further enhance their experience as they're playing the game um i think it just needs to be within that kind of a model and i'm not saying that we should revamp the whole thing now uh, I think five is is on its own course and it's going to do its thing. It'll live its life out. But I think if they did this kind of a thing for the next game, whatever it is, uh, I, I really think based on this franchise that people recognize immediately um, and would give a try to, and with how fun it is to do, you know, like I said, a tiger uppercut, a crush counter, whatever. The game's fun enough for newcomers to just jump in and mash mm -hmm. and and get rewarded. I think it would really work. I think the the problem is they don't currently have uh, proof of concept, so you sort of need that. You need yeah. to be able to, you need to point at something else similar and go, look, it works, you know. And I don't know whether the loot crates is trying to test that, you know. The, I really sorry. hope they're not getting their information on that and saying that these are are the the tests are the test results are in and they're negative because people aren't going to do it because I think that the way a lot of things are set up in five as far as like loot crates and whatnot um, are poorly executed on the developer side it? and it's not the right. it's not the fans. I hope they don't take that away and say like well people just don't want to do it. It's like no, you could do it. You just need to take you know like the things that we've talked about thus far, imitate the ones that are doing it right. Your gameplay I think is good enough take it run with it put these things together in this way and i think it could be 
I think it could send the FGC potentially into a new realm, a new rung. Um, but at the very at the very least, it's like, well, what if you know Fortnite makes billions of dollars and has millions and millions of players going at any you know any time? Street Fighter Two has like you know two million in sales, and and that's not again that's not apples to apples. It's it's you know there are a lot of people playing. But what if we just even just doubled what we're what the the amount of people we're playing right now? What if we just had like the equivalent of 10 million in sales, you know, jump on that many people jump on to play it. Like we have so much room for growth. Cause like you said, we're a fairly small community within the, the, you know, all the genres of, of gaming and esports. We don't need to become Fortnite. We don't need to get those numbers, but we could definitely grow from where we're at. And I think imitating some of the things that, you know, games like that are doing would, would get us there. And we, we could, you know, we don't have to compare ourselves to who somebody else is today, compare ourselves to who we were yesterday. And I think that there's a, a big leap and bound in front of the fighting game community if they adopt these kinds of practices correctly. Yeah, I think, but the pro, I think the problem is, you know, and like, We'll probably have to end this conversation soon anyway, because I gotta, yeah, I gotta go. But um, and you know, it's difficult. There's so many questions and answers. Well, and we can do we can do a follow up if people like what we're well, talking about here. I mean, we I can think, do another one. I mean, I think the the key t- for me is like, what are the barriers to entry to playing a fighting game, uh, or, or you know, or enjoying a fighting game, whatever. And I don't think it's as simple as. I don't think the Street Fighter Five approach was the right approach. Um, I think there's a bunch of things to think about. I think you think have to think about the experience in its entirety, as we've talked about, you know. Um, and uh, but I think the the issue that that they may run into as a company is that they're a bit of an old company now, and they probably rely on research and data and all that sort of stuff. And they are probably. <sighs> Uh, there was somebody talking about this ages ago when we were talking about Darkstalkers, and they were sort of saying, "Oh, you know, if we released, if we released, you know, re-released Darkstalkers on the PlayStation Four, would you buy it?" You know, and it was sort of positioned as almost like this is the test to find out if people if are interested in a new Darkstalkers game, but it's not. That's not the test. Like, to go back and play a, a 20-year-old game or however long it is, you know, versus some of the new shiny fighting games I can play nowadays, mm-hmm. like, that's not a good test of whether people will be interested in a new Darkstalkers game. Like, you, you've, you've got to kind of, At some point, you have to decide how much effort and investment are we going to put into this game? Are we going to make this new game brilliant? Because the franchise is beloved you know um so as long as you have a strong franchise you're fine you don't need for people to buy the old game to figure out whether people are interested in dark stalkers and that's what concerns me you know like i say with the with the uh the crystal ball loot loot crate testing it's like they're not doing it right so these are these are faulty results you know uh, as you pointed out basically um, and that's what sucks is is a lot of the time in order to get approval to go off and do something in these companies and it works the same way at Procter & Gamble the biggest marketing firm in the world right a lot of the time people will have to go well it worked here so it will work here and often the comparisons are so different it's like a completely different brand it, uh, it just it doesn't work right and um, the flip side is oh we tried that and it didn't work and it's like did you though 
did you? Well, how about it didn't work here? Looking at a lot of the things that Street Fighter Five did, and I'm not calling the game a failure, but like, how about it didn't quite work here? Let's let's take a test. Let's uh, let's 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 take a risk, and then I, that's they very well might not do that because you know you don't want well, to. Well, I mean, that's such, why but... I made the video I made, right? Because the last update was interesting. Like the last update was two characters that are. Great graphics, as far as I'm concerned. Like, mm-hmm. They look good to me. Animations look good to me. Their moves look good to me. They play... I mean, those Bonchan Nemo matches from uh, that are currently being played or have just been played from um, Topanga mm-hmm. look really good to me. They look a lot of fun. G versus Sagat. And, uh, and then they had the user experience update, which is good to me. You know, so I had to make a video about that, right? And the reason I had to make a video about that is because I have a voice, I have an audience, and potentially Capcom are listening too, and potentially people can comment on it and say, "Yeah, this is good." So oh, the, you gotta, you gotta acknowledge, you gotta reward the good behavior, you know, like you gotta encourage and and you know, thank you, do more of this. This was great, precisely, you know, praise and appreciation. Because if you're only talking smack every time they mess up, and it's like. You're going to demoralize your your subject. No, ex- well, and you're also going to make them go. Honestly, if I was running Capcom, I could easily go. All right, you know what? I'm Middle fingers at- and peace out. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking. I'm looking at Monster Hunter. It's doing really well. Let's make sure we invest more money in the next Monster Hunter. Uh, Resident Evil seems to be on the right track. All right, good, good, good. Uh, 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 what's the new one? Because um, they're bringing a lot of franchises back from the dead, which is fantastic. Uh, Devil mm-hmm. May Cry, right? Uh, whatever. Or Mega Man. Or, oh, hell, look, we can make money out of the old Street Fighters just on Switch because people can port it around and we'll just throw in a couple of evil characters because we know people love that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but they can say, you know what? Street Fighter is just not worth it. Like, in the grand scheme of things, like, we maybe we'll come back, revisit it in five, maybe we'll come back to this in five years, you know, but maybe we, maybe we'll just leave it, maybe we'll just go. And they can do that. So, so it's important that our feedback is not all just down about everything. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's a bunch as of stuff. As fun as it is to go on Twitter and, and write articles and, and just kind of on it, it's you're right though, we do need to to acknowledge when they do something good when they hit home runs i, I think it's a, it's incredibly important yeah I, I believe it's important to be critical and i believe it's important to you know uh recognize when something is done well and because look i got a lot of comments on that video where people would say too little too late and i'm not coming yeah. back and that's not the point the point isn't i'm not focused on street fighter 5 when i see these updates now I'm focused on the future direction of all fighting games at Capcom. Any fighting games at Capcom. So when I see an update, which is a good update for Street, on Street Fighter V, I'm going to put my hand up and say, this was good. So please bring this level of passion, detail, and attention to everything you do going forwards. So they can go back and say, well, it worked here. We'll do it here. Exactly. Yep, yep. Hey, we tied that up with a nice little bow. Uh, we are getting close to uh, to closing time here, though, and I know you're a busy man. So uh, maybe we can do this again sometime in the future because it was a joy to uh, to talk to you and to kind of get, like I said, your your expertise and the angles that you look at all this stuff at from. Uh, I really appreciate it and enjoyed talking to you. Did you have anything else you wanted to 
to say uh you know closing thoughts here shout outs or anything like that uh not really i've enjoyed it we'll do you and i should do if we can find time we'll do the nameless fighting game show uh either recorded or live i'm streaming now i guess that's the main thing is that i'm streaming now the twitch.tv slash born free born free <laughs> it's actually a truly original name is born free twitch so it's literally twitch okay. twitch.tv slash born free twitch yeah and i'll be doing like podcasts and live interviews and stuff like that i'm just uh i'm just it's moved very quickly i've got like a thousand plus followers and i've already a twitch affiliate and my first five streams were fun but um but i've got a lot of, there's a lot of work to be done in terms of uh, making the things that i want to happen come real and so i'm doing a lot of uh, testing at the moment to see can i do live interviews can i do xyz mm-hmm. you know lots of different bits of content that i want to bring people so i'm excited about it because it's not going to be your regular top player playing ranked it's going to be lots of stuff and so, <laughs> so so far it's been a lot of fun so i'm intrigued really I'm, I'm looking forward i will i will tune in i will subscribe i will like <laughs> Well, you're going to be on it at some stage. Uh, I will be on it. You will be on it. Uh, and we'll, I'll interview you because I haven't done that and we should do that. Uh, and that'll be fun. And then we'll, and then potentially in the future we can do podcasts. And you also owe me five lessons from the Nameless Fighting Game Show. And you can wear your uh, bitch little boy bitch shirt. Yeah. Your bitch boy, that's what it is. Yep, yeah. I still have it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just have to get that to me and then I'll wear it. Um, Deal. So... Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on. Um, uh, much appreciated. Again, this has been Mark Born Free Sheridan. Please like, comment, subscribe, whatever it is you do on MySpace, Facebook, all that stuff. <laughs> Vote us up so that tell your friends about us so that we can uh, continue to grow. And thanks a lot. We'll see you guys next time.